is a Woodside Church podcast. Well, good morning. Hello, everyone. Great to see you all. Just get my notes out. Right, well, yes, this morning we are continuing our current series, Going Through Exodus, and today we're going to be focusing on Exodus chapter 24. Um, if you read an uh, ESV or an NIV, this chapter, you might see a little title um, saying the covenant confirmed, or if you read in the NLT, it's entitled Israel accepts the Lord's covenant. Today, we're going to be looking at covenants. So what I'd like us to do this morning is to look at three things. I'd like us to, first of all, look at what a covenant is. And I think it's going to be helpful to get an understanding of covenant to compare it to a contract. So first of all, we're going to look at contract and covenant. Then we're going to move on to a question, why the covenant? Why is this covenant made between God and the Israelites? And finally, spoiler alert, we're going to look at a better covenant. There is a better covenant than the one that we're going to look at in Exodus chapter 24. But first of all, let's start by looking at um, covenants and looking at contracts. I'd like to start by looking at contracts. What is a contract? Well, perhaps you have one. If you have a job, you made a contract, your employer gave you a contract and you signed it. And that is performance-based. Your um, employer has asked you to do a job, you do that job, your employer, employer pays you. Perhaps there was some negotiation involved. Perhaps you were offered the job and you said, well, actually, I don't want four weeks holiday a year, I want six weeks holiday. Or perhaps they said to you, we will pay you X amount of money, and you were like, well, actually, I think my skills mean that I should get Y amount of money. So perhaps there was some negotiation involved, but it is performance-based. You have something to offer, they have something to offer, and it's a legally binding document, that contract. So it's, it's about a thing. Or another, another um, example might be if you buy a car. Yeah? You go and give them some money, or you say, I'll give you this amount of money each month, and they give you the car. Or even a chocolate bar. Car, chocolate bar, doesn't really matter. A contract is involved there. A covenant, on the other hand, is relationship-based. It's person-orientated, not object-orientated. A covenant is about a deep relationship. And a great example of a covenant is marriage. So this is a photo, I don't know where I to stand so you can see it. This is a photo of my grandparents on their wedding day on the 1st of October, 1955. And on that day, they made their covenant vows to each other. My grand's actually just recently celebrated her 90th birthday. Um, they promised on that day, they made their vows to each other, and they promised to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until parted by death. Marriage is a great example of covenant. It is about relationship. It is not about an object or a thing where negotiation is involved, but it's about a desire for relationship. Okay, so that's our very simple, quick guide to covenant. Covenant compared to contract. Um, now that we have an understanding of covenant, we can look at the covenant between God and the Israelites. So firstly, I've got a few points. I'd like to take you through the story, what happens in Exodus chapter 24. So the Lord speaks to Moses and he says, come up to me. 
Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders worship from afar. Only Moses is allowed to go close. Um, Only he can come near to the Lord. Moses then gives the people the instructions God has given him. And they reply, we will do everything that God has commanded. Moses writes down all the words of the Lord. And the next morning, Moses gets up and he builds an altar at the foot of the mountain. So this is before he climbs up the mountain. And he sends men to make burnt offerings and peace offerings. The blood that is drained from those animals that are sacrificed is split in between some bowls, some basins, and the other half is splattered against the altar. So the blood of those animals that are sacrificed, some has gone into basins and some is splattered against the altar. Moses then reads the, the book of the covenant to the people. And again, they say, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey. And then we've got a Bible verse. Just this bit, I wanted it to be particularly accurate rather than me just retelling it. Then Moses took the blood from the basins and splattered it over the people, declaring, look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these instructions. So here in Exodus 24, the covenant between God and the Israelites is confirmed and blood is needed for that confirmation of the covenant. In preceding chapters, God reveals something of himself to the Israelites through the miraculous work that he does, the miracles that he does to um, set the people free from Egypt. And he leads them across the Red Sea. God also gives stipulations in previous chapters about this covenant he's going to make with them. You know, it's, loyalty is key in covenant. Yeah, that's another huge difference between contract and covenant. Loyalty is key. Contract is performance. In in covenant, it's loyalty. It's about loyalty. God shows himself to the Israelites. Before making this covenant, he wants them to know what type of God he is. He's their provider. He's a miracle worker. He is the one who can do all things. He is for them. He will provide for them. He will protect them. God wants the loyalty of the Israelites. And they are to have no other gods. Just like was mentioned last week, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. But, and like I said, just like in marriage, um, in the marriage covenant, loyalty is key. So God and the Israelites have made a covenant with each other and the blood of the covenant, so the blood of the animals confirms the covenant. But the question I have for this morning is why? Why did God make this covenant with the Israelites? If we rewind a little bit, well, actually, sorry, if we fast forward a little bit to Exodus 29, it says this, Then I will live among the people of Israel and be their God, and they will know that I am the Lord, their God. I am the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I could live among them. I am the Lord, their God. So that, putting in bold and underlined is my addition, That is why God wants this covenant with the Israelites, so that he can live among them, because he wants relationship with the Israelites. He wants that covenant, that deep, meaningful relationship with the Israelites. And when I read that, I was just, God spoke to me, and I was amazed. It was like, wow, God wants relationship with us. Isn't that incredible? The God of the universe, the one who works miracles, the one who is all-powerful, who can do anything, he wants relationship with us. 
with you and with me. He wanted relationship with the Israelites. If you think back to Adam and Eve in the garden, they were walking. God was walking alongside them. God has made you and me for relationship with him. He desires a covenant relationship with us. A covenant is a very strong form of relationship, and God wanted a covenant relationship with his people. When Steve proposed to me, it was because he wanted a covenant relationship. He wanted us to get married. I wanted us to get married. Together, we wanted that covenant relationship. We didn't want to just be friends. We wanted that covenant relationship, that desire for a deeper relationship, and God wants that relationship with us. And now, our relationship is it's a shared one. You know, we have the same food, the same bank account, the same whatever. Our lives are shared. Our lives are, are knit together. And God wanted to live among the Israelites. He revealed himself as provider. He, he revealed himself as the one who could um, bring them out of Egypt, part of the Red Sea. He was making himself known to the Israelites. How could the Israelites form a covenant relationship with God if they didn't know who God was? You wouldn't, make, you, know, you wouldn't make a covenant relationship with someone who you didn't know. God was making himself known to the Israelites. And in these next verses, we can see something of God's desire to live among his people. Moses and the elders, when they went up the mountain, were able to eat a covenant meal in God's, in God's presence. So after the covenant had been confirmed with sacrifices, these are what, this is what it says in Exodus chapter 24, verses 9 to 11. Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel climbed up the mountain. There they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet there seemed to be a surface of brilliant blue lapis lazuli, which is a bright blue metamorphic rock, as clear as the sky itself. And though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal together, eating and drinking in his presence. Here God allows the elders and the Moses to eat, um, eat a meal in his presence. God spoke to me recently and um, he said about how he doesn't want my life to be. I sometimes am quite black and white, and you know, my life can be like, right, A to B, this is what I need to do, get there now, done. And I felt God gave me a picture of more kind of like a winding walk, you know, something that you would do with a friend, rather than it being, you know, I need to do this, I need to do that. Actually, what God wants is relationship with me. So to go for that walk, enjoying God's presence, rather than rushing, getting to A to B. And that was a blessing to me, and I hope that will be encouraging to you. And all this is possible because of the new covenant. So I'd like us to look now at a better covenant. In the book of Jeremiah, it says this. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant. Though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. 
and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never remember their sins. Never again remember their sins. A new covenant has been confirmed by Jesus' blood. The blood of the, the goats and the bulls and the sheep, that wasn't sufficient for all time. That wasn't sufficient to take away sin. But Jesus' perfect blood has come and has confirmed the new covenant with us that God has made. No longer do we need to make sacrifices day after day like they did in the tabernacle and the temple. Jesus has done it all for us. Amen. We can draw near with confidence because sin is paid for. We can approach God. We can come boldly with confidence to his throne. We no longer need to make sacrifices. Because Jesus is spotless and pure and never sinned, God's perfect son, he has made a way for us. At the Lord's Supper, Jesus said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus' blood confirms this new covenant. It is done. It is finished. Jesus has done it all for us. The blood of animals couldn't purify completely, but the precious blood of Jesus Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, is able to purify completely. Hallelujah. We can enjoy relationship with God without any barriers. We have been brought near. We have been accepted into God's family. We who once were far away have been brought near. We who once did not know about the covenant promises. We had no hope. We were dead in our sin. We have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We have been adopted into God's family. We have been made alive with Christ. We who once knew nothing of the covenants of promise and had no hope have now been brought near by the blood of Christ. We've been reconciled to God. And I'd like to share with you some of the benefits that we can now enjoy now that sin is no longer separating us from God. So I'd like to look just at, um, briefly at the past, the fact that it is finished and it is done, the present, how we can enjoy relationship with God today, and the future, the fact that our eternal relationship is secure because Jesus' blood has achieved what needed to be done and taking sin away. So the past, I mean, what is amazing is if you are interested in reading more about this is go to Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, and chapters, I think it's 8, 9, and 10, talk about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, comparing the two and how Jesus' blood is so much better. And because Jesus has been into the heavenly places, you know, that the Old Testament is a shadow of the things to come. Jesus has done it all. So I encourage you, if you want to look at this more, read Hebrews 8, 9, and 10. So sacrifices are no longer needed. Jesus has done it. Sin is paid for. Jesus Christ has secured an eternal redemption. He doesn't need to die again because his blood is perfectly paid for sin. God's wrath has been satisfied. The, the penalty for sin has been paid. And in the present, today, we can enjoy relationship with God Today we have opportunity to commune with God. Obviously we are all different and I'm sure we have different ways of connecting with God and enjoying relationship with God. I remember a number of weeks back, or months, I can't remember, Ollie shared about how he often met with God in his car. Perhaps for you, it's when you're with other Christians or when you're listening to music or when you're reading your Bible or when you're going for a walk, or when you're in your garden, whatever it is, I'd like to encourage you this morning that God wants to take you deeper in that relationship. There is more for you to know about God's love 
and God's grace. He desires relationship with you. And he has made that possible because of what Jesus has done. So if, if for you it's listening to music, listen to music, enjoy God's presence. Reading the Bible, enjoy hearing what God has to say. And also I, I had this thought when preparing that perhaps you used to enjoy relationship, you know, kind of in time with God when you were driving to work. And perhaps because of lockdown, you now can work from home. Well, I want to encourage you this morning, go for drives. Go for a drive, put the music on, you know, listen to what God has to say, enjoy fellowshipping with him. So if there's something that you used to do that you've not found for whatever reason, you've not done recently, I want to encourage you this morning to spend some time investing in that relationship, doing those things that you enjoy doing with God. And when Jesus, um, so out of the, all the relationships in the world, this is the best one. Why? Well, because when Jesus went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. We have the Holy Spirit, Spirit dwelling within us. We have God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't that incredible? God is with us by his Holy Spirit. He didn't leave us as orphans, but we have been given the Holy Spirit. God is with us. And then for the future, our future is secure because of what Jesus has done. Jesus has gone ahead of us into the heavenly places. And in Hebrews chapter 6, it says this, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. I'll say that again. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Jesus has already gone there. He has already made a way. And in Titus chapter 1, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. God, who never lies, promised us eternal life in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? I find that absolutely incredible. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. We can believe what God says in hope of eternal life, which God who never lies promised before the ages began. Our future in Christ Jesus is joyous and certain. So to conclude, God made a covenant, not a contract, a covenant with the Israelites and he did this because he wanted to live among them. The Israelites were unfaithful. They were not loyal in their covenant to God. God made a new covenant. Jesus Christ came and offered his life as a sacrifice for sin once and for all time. And we get to live in the benefits of the new covenant. We can know God. We can have the Holy Spirit living in us. And we are able to commune with God every single day. You can talk to him because nothing is in the way. Sin has been forgiven because of Jesus's perfect blood. Going back to the photo of my grandparents, they fulfilled their covenant promises to each other. Their covenant came to an end when death parted them on the 24th of March this year when my granddad passed away. But Jesus Christ has beaten death. His covenant promise is forever. Not even death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Right, I'd love to pray and then I'll hand back over to Stuart. Wow, Father God, what an amazing privilege to know that you desire relationship with us.
and that you desire it so much that you made a way for it to be possible. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you humbled yourself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And that because of your blood, Lord Jesus, sin is paid for. There is now nothing stopping us from coming to you, Father God. This is absolutely amazing. And Lord Jesus, I thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to be with us. I thank you, God, that you live in us by your Holy Spirit each and every day. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning. I ask that this week you would draw close to us. God, would you remind us of the truth that you have, of what you have done for us. And may we enjoy the, um, the privilege and the joy of being in covenant relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.